Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hello. And luckily we have power and we can do this. Yep, we've been living like cavemen for the past <laughs> 24 hours. I mean, cavemen, I did have my laptop charged and I was able to use that while the power was out. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say cavemen. No, it was total first world problems. <laughs> right. I mean, for real. Yeah. Like we were really bummed that we weren't able to watch that new show with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd that came out, The Shrink Next Door. Yeah. We had really been looking forward to that. And then like, but it's just so funny because when there's no electricity and everything, I went to bed at like, what, seven o'clock? No, it wasn't that early. Oh. No, but it was probably nine. Yeah, because there's nothing to do. Yeah. We, we, We lit a fire. But by the way, you know, we have septic and well. So without power, we have no water. Yeah, people were so confused about that in my Instagram story. They're like, you can't flush your toilet because you don't have power? That makes no sense. Well, you can once. Right. You empty the tank and then there's no more water because there's no electricity to pump the water back into the toilet. So me and the boys were peeing outside all night. And I believe... I I, got yelled at for peeing inside. (laughs) It was like camping, but without the fun of camping. Is there a fun of camping? Yes. Okay. Camping is very fun. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the episode when we talk about our glamping for my 40th birthday. <laughs> well, that was just a mistake. <laughs> in, in hindsight, maybe I should have planned differently. No, but we made the best of it. We lit a, we lit a fire in the fireplace. We mm-hmm. hung out in the family room. You know, we and that's basically all we could do. <laughs> yeah. Even the flashlights. Like, I'm using our fla- my flashlight on, on my phone, and I'm like... Anyway, I mean, people are sitting like, really? You're complaining right, about this? Right. That's our problems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's horrible, right. but... Um, All right, let's talk about our real problems that we have teenagers now, Mm -hmm. and those are the problems that I think people can relate to. Mm -hmm. Or not, but um, yeah, last week we we finished the episode, and we didn't mention that we were going to do a part two in the episode, but afterwards I was sort of like, wait a minute, we barely even talked about the parenting aspect. We were talking a lot about us being teenagers, which was fun, Mm -hmm. and we hit on the parenting a little bit. Um, Wait, didn't the episode title say part one? Well, that I put it in after we recorded it. Okay. But I never said in the episode there's going to be a part two, or right. we never said in the episode. But we we always say we're not experts, and we are so not, especially concerning a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. But at the same time, there's something to be said for a lived experience, and we are in the thick of it, so it's not like we're remembering back to, you know... Now we, we, we're, we're looking back on our kids being teenagers or we're looking ahead at what we think it's going to be. We are in the thick of it right now. And we are in the thick of it in such a different sense with each of our kids. So with Mia, you know, all three of our kids are extremely different. Like the fact that they were all three are being raised by us is sort of strange because they are all so unique. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's a testament to us. I think we have created this environment in the house where we appreciate, especially you, I think you are so good at this. Really? Wait, wait. I just want to make sure I'm paying attention. Please continue. Yeah, you really are. You're very much like, you're so proud of each of them for who they are. Mm -hmm. There have been times in the past where I think, I have a little bit tried to, I don't want to say change our kids, but maybe 
with Mia trying to have her act more quote unquote appropriately or just merely out of I want them to not get made fun of and I want them not to be bullied and I want them to be safe and everything. But you have you really are so good at I think I said this in the episode when she came out too at really embracing who they are. And um, and I think that's that is why one of the reasons why I think also probably a lot of it has to do with just how they were born and everything. They are also different. Um, so we have these different experiences. Number one, raising Mia, who's now 16, and Ian, who's 13, and is probably more of the epitome of a teenager mm-hmm. in oh, some ways, Ian. in the social yeah. sense and everything. Well, I didn't know if you you were going to be proud of me or mad at me the other day because Mia works for me in the store. You know, she's there on a weekly basis. And Ian wants to work, too. He wants to help, but he's, he's too young. He's 13. He can't literally have a job yet. So, But he likes to come in and help and, you know, hand him, you know, 20 bucks or whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. he likes to do it. And the other day, me, um, Ian being 13, Mia being 16, you know, Ian was being a little rambunctious, a little annoying, a little whatever, you know, and then Mia was letting him have it. And they started fighting like brother and sister in the store. Mm-hmm. In your place of business. Yes. And I yelled. And, wow. <laughs> and our, it's funny because our manager said to me like, damn, mm-hmm. I didn't know you can yell like that. You know, I didn't either. I, but I did. I was like, this is not the place. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. He's being annoying. And with Mia, the way she is, a 16-year-old girl, you know, and or at least the way she is just her, you, you know, you try to tell her she's doing something wrong and she blows it out of proportion and she can't be controlled and she doesn't stop. And that's part of what we're all going to be talking about today. But, like, I couldn't rationalize either way. I couldn't, like, calm her down. I couldn't stop him. I couldn't. And I was just like, stop. Everyone stop. Like this is out of control. Mia, this is not your place. I know you're trying to help, but you're you're loud. I, I just got mm-hmm. out of control. Overwhelmed. Yeah, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. And I yelled like I was a dad at home talking to my teenage kids. Right. Right in front of everybody. You know, like right. I felt bad about it, but I had to do it. So I was thinking in the back of my mind, like, oh, Danielle's gonna love this if she knows that I did this. Or is it like you fucking asshole. Like, what are you doing yelling at your children in the middle of everybody watching and, you know, surrounded? Like, oh, no. I didn't know when when people yell at their kids in public, I am like, I am, I am a supporter because mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, it all depends. I don't, not look, I don't think people should humiliate their children, of but course. there are times when like, I get it. You know, when I see, I kind of give them that look of solidarity, like, dude, I get it. I, you are yeah. trying your best and your kid is, you know, acting the way, you know, uh, the way they're acting. And I understand, like I, when I look at somebody whose kid is acting up in public, I am like, dude, well, yeah, power I, to you. I, I see it. it many times every single day. Moms with their kids shopping in the store, mm-hmm. and their kids are out of control and they're yelling. And I can see, I can see you in them, mm-hmm. like with their frustration, and they just give up and like they yell, but it doesn't work. And like, and I, I, I give them like like an eye, like I give them a glance, like mm-hmm. I get it, right? You know, don't well, worry about it. Don't be say embarrassed. They're like yelling, like yelling doesn't work. Screaming doesn't work. It's not an effective technique. And I'm like, I'm not yelling for them. I'm yelling for me. Right. It's, it's a release. <laughs> it's a release. Yeah. I'm like, I get that, that it's not, but it's not, I, I haven't tried many other things that work. So if screaming <laughs> makes me feel good. I just feel better. Yeah. After. I try to give them a look like I understand. Mm-hmm. Don't be embarrassed. Right. You're not the only one. Right. If you know, if your kid wasn't misbehaving, then there's a problem because <laughs> they all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. So before also that we dive into this and we're going to talk about finances, I know that. I just want to say also, I had no idea how much money teenagers was going to be until we had them. This year was the most expensive year of our lives for so many reasons. You know, we, we used to spend a lot of money, but it was like on us having fun and going out to dinners and going on vacation. And, it was you know, like, optional. I mean, yes and no. It really wasn't because we wanted to do it and have fun. That's what like, I'm saying. We didn't have to do it. Right. It was optional. Yeah, I guess. Right. It but, was frivolous. Yes, it was frivolous. Yeah. But, I mean, we have spent 
no money on ourselves in the last year, and it's been the most expensive year of our lives by some nth degree. It's been out of control. Yes. I, I just didn't understand how expensive having teenagers is until now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. It, this has been, uh, and we'll get into that, but the fact, thank goodness, I, I say not that everybody needs to move before you have teenagers into a smaller house or whatever, a cheaper place, but for us personally, thank God we moved. Uh-huh. I mean, See, I was not that, not that it solved things. our issues. <laughs> financially right yeah. you were foreseeing things no but not that it solved our issues but certainly it has helped um you know and also we were backtracking and trying to make up for all the stupidity of everything we've spent in the past but but i but. i wanted to start with you said to me before haven't we spoken enough about me as diagnosis and everything and and what she's gone through and everything and and it made me stop and think like, oh, yeah, are we sort of beating a dead horse with this? Is it something that people are just bored of hearing about? But number one, we really haven't gone into it in detail. Uh, and 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 we, we can definitely do a whole other episode about that. But secondly, I wrote something on Instagram last week um, just basically about, you know, having a, a child who's neurodiverse um, and who is dealing with this new diagnosis of ADHD and being on the autism spectrum and an unclassified learning disability. And she's LGBTQ and and just all these things about having a child who's somewhat marginalized for whatever reason it may be. And the response was overwhelming. I mean, I couldn't respond to most of the messages because I just can't, Mm -hmm. but it was really obvious that so many people are going through this and so I know we both have learned so much since the beginning of this journey which has really come to like a um you know uh, like I don't know what the word is like it's it's accelerated greatly in this past I would say since last since February so almost you know almost a year nine months or whatever um and we've always known, or I've always known, that, you know, some Mia had, was, we would say quirky, um, we would say uh, immature in certain ways, mm-hmm. mature in others, right. um, all the ways that we described her, um, but nobody, no teacher or anything or uh, tutor or, you know, extracurricular person or whatever, no one ever said to me, maybe you should get her tested for something well yeah i want to cut you off there because not that i'm blaming anybody no 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 no, no. we're the parents of course one of the reasons that i said to you also is should we stop talking about it i don't know is this a good idea to keep going because listen for whatever problems we have or whatever problems anybody else has there's always somebody else with a bigger problem and you listen mia has her things all of our kids have their things, they have their issues, but they're all, I hate using this word, but normal functioning human beings. Like they're, they're able to, you know, put their place in society and be their own person and, you know, interact. And so many people have such worse situations. And I just don't, I didn't want to come across like, oh, you know, woe is us because we have this, you know, teenage girl or boy or boys that have this, this, and this, and these, you know, uh, situations going on. There's just so much worse out there. And people are, you know, they have kids with such more drastic, um, what's issues. the word? Issue, yeah, what, issues or whatever it else is. I just don't want to come across like, look at us, you know, we, you know, we have issues. It's so hard for us. I just don't want to come across that way. No, because of course it's not. So, you know, like I said, for, for everything that I just said, there's way, way, way worse that, you know, it could be. Yes. And different and, and everybody's situation is different and financially and all the things that you, you know, what kind of resources do you have? And, um, but I will say this without getting into too much detail, there was a day uh, a few weeks ago and I just want everybody to know also we have Mia's full consent to talk about all of this. Like she is fully open about it. And so I don't want anybody to think she was on an episode coming out literally to the world on yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. She is not in any way hiding who she is. Or no. What, yeah. And she would love to come on again, I'm sure, and talk about this. But 
it did get to a point where a few weeks ago I went, I got a call from guidance from the guidance office. Um, and she has really been struggling emotionally and mentally, um, in school at school. It's very overwhelming for her. And I got a call. I'm not going to be too specific about it. Um, but I got a call saying, basically you need to pick her up. Um, you know, I had to take her, she had to go to a therapist, she had to be evaluated, all of these things, what she was saying in the guidance office and everything was really a huge turning point for me that, um, that as much as fine, yes, maybe, you know, in society she can function really well and she doesn't have some of the classifications and issues of others, but it has fully and totally hurt her well-being and it was getting serious and it was getting to the point where I was getting scared um and 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 I was feeling like if something didn't change I didn't know what was going to happen Mm -hmm. um it was you could tell you know it was quickly exponentially getting worse yeah um from an emotional standpoint of how she was dealing with it in school and the overwhelming feelings she was feeling so Anyway, it has been a whirlwind since then, Um, but I do know that now I have all of this knowledge um, because the research I've done, the people I've talked to, the doctors we've seen, um, the road has been really very, um, you know, it's been an enormous learning experience. And it really all changed when I hired an advocate, which I hired an advocate, I have to say, like a month ago. Um, And I kind of did it backwards. I wish I had done it six months ago, Um, but I didn't know. I didn't know that this existed really. And for those of you looking for help or whatever, um, it is an expense, but in a lot of ways, it's going to wind up saving us a lot of money. Um, Because of the advocate, we are now starting, Mia is starting in a new school, a smaller school um, that is very... um, warm supportive she is so excited and so we're starting on this on this journey but um you know but but the thing about girls that I was starting to say last week is that there is so little research about them especially concerning autism and girls are uh, with autism are often and ADHD are often referred to as like the term, you know, the lost girls or the girls who are hiding in plain sight because they're so overlooked and diagnosed so late. Like Mia, she's diagnosed at 16. Mm -hmm. And on average, boys with autism um, are diagnosed, you know, by three years old or around three years old. Girls aren't diagnosed until, you know, around eight years old, Mm -hmm. just on average. I know why, because I did some research too, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. And by the way, my research was limited because I was doing my research yesterday and the power went out <laughs> as I was doing it. So I did some this morning. That's almost worked worse than the dog ate my homework. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like that excuse. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to take an early break. I, I, I do have to pee really badly. Oh, okay. So we'll do that and uh, be right back. Sure. The holidays are coming up, and I have to say, the Date Night Questions ebook is an awesome stocking stuffer for your partner, or included in a date night kit you put together yourself. Just wrap it up with some ribbon, put it in a little kit with some Uber gift cards or a gift card to your favorite restaurant, maybe some fun pajamas and your favorite wine to stay home for a date night. There are so many options, but why not get something that will actually be awesome for you and your relationship? And that your partner will realize was so thoughtful because it shows that you want to talk, learn, and communicate more. And of course, as always, our podcast listeners get our largest discount, 20% off with the promo code MNMPODCAST. Get your partner the key to an experience that couples are calling the most intimate, reconnecting thing they've ever done. Give the gift of laughter, love, better understanding, and bonding. Head to marriageandmartinis.com slash DNQ and enter promo code MNMPODCAST. Then go print it out and come up with something creative to make an awesome date night gift. Okay. So, by the way, it's really nice to be able to flush after you pee. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like Just a luxury we take for granted. Yeah. Um, no. So, I did some research about boys versus girls being diagnosed with autism or ADHD or, you know, any other diagnosis they may have. But I found that boys are diagnosed four to one over girls and boys, like you just said before, at a much earlier age. And I think that's because um, 
it's less obvious in girls and boys and girls portray it and or let it out in a different way where boys are very rambunctious they they're very uh, they get frustrated they get you know they they you can you notice when they're having a tantrum you know whatever it may be where with girls it's more about anxiety or it's more about being frustrated and it's more of an internal like you don't notice because they're just th- these poor girls are just hidden from like you said right in plain sight they're just hidden in plain sight from everybody else and they're also better at mimicking other girls than boys to other boys. And they try to feel normal. They try to feel to be fit in. They try to, you know, they, they do things. So it's very hard to notice. It's called masking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. So these, you know, these poor kids, you know, these poor girls, they, they, they just can't, they don't show it in the same way where it's easy to see in a boy. Right. Yeah. Right. A lot of times the boys have the the flapping and the physical things that. Right. um, Or or just outright outbursts, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, with girls, it's a lot more social stuff and everything, so it's harder. Um, and what happened with Mia is, you know, she has really gotten frustrated and became extremely depressed, which is something that often happens in, in girls who aren't getting the assistance and the diagnoses and the evaluations and everything that they need. And by the way, that's something that we didn't see for the same reason and we saw her as having, you know, anxiety or depression. And we just said, let's help you and find a therapist. And that was the route we took because we thought she was just depressed. And that was it, you know, like, let's find out why. And then we did. And it was not because she's just has depression or just has anxiety. There's these underlying things that are serious that needed to be, you know, taken care of in a different route. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I, I did know about some of the other things, but again, they weren't, they didn't line up with the, with any of these diagnoses. She doesn't have, she doesn't, she doesn't manifest her ADHD symptoms the same way I know you do, or I know of other people, her, the autism component of it is not what I always knew. And listen, we're talking 15, 12 years ago, wasn't what I knew autism to be. Um, I, I just didn't know. And um, and looking back, of course, I am beating myself up about it because, of course, I feel so much guilt and everything for all, all that I missed and all that I didn't do. Um, and yeah, like you said, we got her a great therapist and she ha- she's surrounded by the most incredible people. She has such a wonderful support network, you know, our family and friends and people who she's, you know, teachers she's had and everything. She's had wonderful people in her life. But that doesn't make up for the fact that you want to know why you have these other differences, right? You want to know why you're doing certain things. Why why does she get so overwhelmed when she walks in the halls of the school and the noise level? And why does she have to cover her ears when she's in the hallway? Why does she get so, um, you know, why, why does she have so much trouble with certain foods and textures and sensory stuff? And why hasn't she been able to wear certain clothes that other girls are wearing with no problem mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And I think about myself with OCD and all of the, I mean, what other, what outsiders would look at as insane behaviors, which I now obviously know are not insane behaviors, just part of the disability. Um, you know, that, that, that if I didn't know I had OCD, oh my God, I would have literally just thought I was insane, right? I would have literally, without that, without that label and without that diagnosis and that understanding of why I was doing what I was doing, my life could have been completely different. Um, and so she needed that too. Uh, well, luckily she knew she needed something, some kind of help. She knew what her triggers were. She knew what issues she was having. And she's like, listen, I want to find out who I am. Yeah. Help me do that. Yeah. And luckily you were on top of it from, you know, second one and able to, you started doing the research and started doing, and, and everything seems to be you know, finally coming to fruition, Yes, you know, it has been a long road and I know people have much longer roads and, um, you know, much bumpier roads and everything. I understand that totally. Um, but it doesn't, you know, when you, when, when you see your kids suffering, you just want it to stop. And luckily, thank God, you know, I have you that you were able to take care of this. I don't know if I could have been able to do it and you've just 
been amazing with doing this whole thing. Well, that's what I wanted to get to next was, you know, not just in general with couples who are navigating all of this crap that, you know, whether you're with neurodiversity, but also just with teenagers, because, right, you have all right. kinds of issues. We got, we have to deal with everything from, you know, bullying, either your kid getting bullied or finding out your kid's the bully or um, grades, controlled substances, um, you know, not doing stupid shit like, you know, making bad choices when you're out with your friends and, and you know, all of these things that you, you if you have a partner – you need to realize how to navigate and it's incredibly stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been incredibly stressful, but I'm s- in some ways the timing of it, thank goodness is now when you and I have been communicating better than ever than like three years ago, because I think about if we had been going through this three years ago, it would have just probably broken us even more than we were broken because we wouldn't have been able to, to to communicate about it and we would have just been blaming one another. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I asked you, like, what do you say to couples? Obviously, what, we, what we've gone through d- concerning that, you know, if you're dealing with a, a, some, a kid who's struggling mentally or in school or, you know, with some kind of evaluation and diagnosis that they've had or just in general with, with everything that you deal with when having teenagers. Right. It's so hard to say everybody's so different. Everybody's situations are different. Everybody's communication is different, but for us, you know, we've been through so much together. You know, our communication has become light years ahead of from what it was before. And like I just said before, you know, you were doing the research, you were handling everything, you were making the appointments, you were doing all that stuff. And I was just there to just kind of be like, listen, I trust you. You're my wife. I know you're an amazing mom. You take care of our kids. And I, I know you know what you're doing at this point because you do the research. And I'm just there to kind of support you and support the kids and make sure that, listen, I'm there for the financial aspect of everything. And that's what stresses me out. Obviously, so does the situation. But what I have to think about on a day-to-day basis is can we afford the whatever, the therapy, the school, the, the, the medications that we, there's all these things. I mean, it's so fucking expensive to mm-hmm. handle these situations in so many different directions, but I was just like, listen, you know, we're not spending the money on ourselves anymore. This is for our kids. And I trust, you know what you're doing. I'm there and you tell me we need to do this next week. And I say, okay, I get it. I trust you. Let's just go for it. So it's kind of, I feel bad saying it, but it's easier for me because I just have to sit back and say, hey, listen, you're doing the thing. I trust you. Let's just do it. But on another level, maybe it's hopefully making it less stressful for you that I can just be there to say, you know, do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, just just by you saying, uh, you know, by you being there and supporting me through it. And uh, listen, I'm not going to lie. I also, I, I, not that I didn't want you to do the research and everything. And, and there are parts of me that would have liked to have been m- more involved right. with some of it. It would have been nice. Um, but even still, I, I think what we've gotten really good at is playing up our own strengths. And I know that my strength is uh, I'm really good at the research. Um, you know, I have my sister who's, I'm incredible at this stuff. Um, I knew who to reach out to. And and the best thing that I did for anybody who is going, who knows somebody who's going through anything that your kid is going through, you know, you have to be brave enough to speak up and ask because what ultimately ended up changing everything for me was that, or for us, is that I knew someone who had gone through something similar with a similar diagnosis, um, I would say like four years ago. And her name just stuck out. And she's an acquaintance of mine, but I don't know her well. Um, and her name just stuck out. And I knew that her daughter now was in a different school. I knew her daughter now was thriving, where at one point she was really suffering. And I just reached out to her. And I was like, please, can you just tell me what you did? And she did. She was so open about it. She was so wonderful about it. So knowing that there was somebody out there who I could ask and that I was willing to do that and not, you know, I, obviously I'm never looking to hide what we're going through or what our kids are going through or anything um, because I, I want 
people to know because I want to know what they did. Please well, share yeah. your secrets. I mean, the research that I did was whatever you sent me. Mm-hmm. It was, hey, I found this thing that, you know, Mia needs or Ian needs or Jonah needs. Take a look at it and tell me what you think. And now, and then I researched it and that's what I did. I don't have these resources. I don't have guys that I can call and say, hey, you know, what do you, it just, like, I can't think of somebody off the top of my head to say, hey, I know what you're going through. What did you do to resolve it? Like, I don't right. have that. Yeah. You know, you have these connections, which, like I said before, I just trust in you and send me what it is. I'll research it for us and give you my feedback, you know? Right. And your strength is also keeping calm through all of this when I'm crying and devastated right. and, um, you know, you're definitely more calm, but not to sound completely unroma- unromantic and, you know, to, to, to reduce it down to this, but to some degree, our house is kind of like its own entity or like, like a business kind of, because there's always shit that has to get done to keep it running and to make it successful. And why, while we've all always sort of split responsibilities, I think now we're actually appreciating what the other one is doing and respecting and admiring our, each other's roles now and I'm so grateful you know to how you really listened to me through it even I came to you maybe a week and a half ago saying I don't even know if it was a week and a half ago saying we we, she needs to change schools that's it Mm -hmm. like and at first you know the answer is oh shit you know because it's well it's an it's a reaction it's not an answer of course right the reaction is we can't afford it or you know we can't do it or look how much we've already spent or you know and it's true it's it's terrifying but at the same time, I knew that there was no longer an option. I had put it off as long as I could, and this was it. And, and <laughs> I saw. The, I knew when I came home from work that day, I saw it in your face. There was something. I knew nothing was wrong. I didn't do anything. I didn't fuck up in any way. So I knew you weren't mad at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All I did was go to work that day and come home. Oh, so I was petrified to talk to I you. I could see it in mm-hmm. your face, and I knew when we were sitting down that you hit me with something like that, mm-hmm. but I was still, I didn't know what it was going to be. So I was still kind of my, you know, in awe, you know, from my initial reaction, didn't know how to handle it. I had to sleep on it that night and mm-hmm. finally just realizing, yeah, of course yeah. we got to do what we got to do. I, I mean, it's criminal how much this stuff all costs. I mean, well, luckily we have support and we have help too. So absolutely. But it's know. still criminal how much it all costs. Oh. I mean, not just for everybody. And, and I'm not just talking about, listen, I, I know the diagnoses and the evaluations and you hire the advocates and the, if you have to put them in a new school or a new program or, you know, the, the medicine or the, whatever it is, But even people, I mean, I know people who have had to put their kids in rehab several times and everything, and the the bank accounts are drained. I mean, Mm -hmm. to get help is just, it's awful. It's so expensive. Yeah. And I get it. Like, I understand, you know, they're doing things to literally change our lives, but it's really expensive. Yeah, it is. Every aspect of it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I was the, another another thing that I was going to say about you know raising teenagers together. Something on on a lighter note that I think you and I have done really really well is that we also have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really really do. And teenagers can suck, but they're also so much fun. Mm-hmm. And so are we. And so obviously. are we. Yeah. And they would they would probably testify to that, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember a few weeks ago we were watching that movie We're the Millers with mm-hmm. the kids oh with God. um Jason Sudeikis <laughs> yes. and Jen Aniston, which is a super inappropriate movie. I'm you know? sorry, are you besties with Jen Anderson? Jen Anderson. Anderson? Wow. Jennifer Aniston. Jen Aniston? Yes, yes. I am actually so besties with her. So you yes, can call she has her liked Jen. several of my posts. So I mean we're we're practically like okay, roommates. But the rest of us, she's known as Jennifer. But for you, it's Jen. She's Jen. Okay, just, just want to make sure. She's just Jen. Oh, I got it. Um, so I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, to play up the fun stuff, you know, we were like I was saying, we were watching We're the Millers, and it's such an inappropriate movie. But, like, nothing bad. I mean, it's just stupid inappropriate. Like, there's, you know... Some scenes like he has the scene with the swollen balls where like well it's like vulgar it's vulgar yes. yeah but it's nothing you know nothing happens that you're like worried that your kids are gonna you know I don't know but I guess it depends what your standards are of inappropriate well you'd rather them watch that than me showing them like Commando or 
Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't even care about that. But <laughs> you know, yeah, violence or yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. yeah. But um, but we had so much fun, and like when the inter- inappropriate scene would come on, they would be mortified that they were watching it with us, and you and I would just live for those moments. Uh-huh. Like, nope, you have to look. You have to look. like, <laughs> you know, and and just in all seriousness, just like I I feel like. It is such a fun time also. I mean, we've gone to concerts and and we really have tried to do fun things when it was quarantine. So I do think having that part of it together has really, it helps. And you and I really bond over that. <laughs> it's fun. I, I like being like an immature little boy with my immature little boys. Mm-hmm. You know, like it takes me back. Like literally 30 minutes ago, Jonah was at the pool table playing with the, the pool balls and he's just knocking them around. He's not playing pool. He's just, you know, having fun. So I was like, Hey Jonah, what's going on? What are you doing? And he goes, I'm playing with the balls. <laughs> so I said to him, what, what, what'd you say? He said, you know, I'm just playing around here, whatever. I was like, did you say you're playing with your balls? <laughs> and he just goes, dad. Yeah. Like really dad. Right. Right. You know, like, come on. Right. And I'm like, I live for that shit. Like, yeah. I just want to be immature and have fun. You've been waiting to do that for 20 years. Exactly. Yeah, you really have. Yeah. Um, all right, life lessons you absolutely want our kids to know before leaving the house and heading out into the world. I think, by the way, we may be doing part three. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, go ahead. Well, let's do what we can. Okay. So, wait, I'm sorry. What was the question? Three life lessons you absolutely want your kids to know, like our teenagers right uh-huh. now. Like I said last week, I feel like we're racing against the clock, right? Like the the days of our lives, sand through the hourglass kind of thing. Like, you know, it's like operation, right? You know where the buzzer goes off and everything just pops out and yeah. you're like, fuck, I wasn't done. Like, it's literally right. like that. Like, not just from the, I don't want my kids to leave because I'm going to be sad, but the, are they fucking ready to be in society? I gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I think really first and foremost is they need to really understand what they love and what they want to do for the next, what, 50 years? Oh, God. Right? That sounds long. I mean, yeah. if you're 18, 19, 20, leaving the house, hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> not 25, God 30, willing. you know? Like, what? Like, I want them to wake up and go to, you know, quote, work and be happy. And it's not work. They have to decide, is money going to make them happy? Do they want a job that pays a lot of money? Or do they want to do something that they love with hope? Hopefully could make you a lot of money too. Yeah, hopefully they can. Right. I mean, at least enough money that when they're, if their kid has to, you know, get evaluations and advocates and schools and everything like that, they can afford it. Right. But I just really want them to focus on what do you want to do? Like what makes you happy? What makes you want to get up and do that thing? And hopefully you can monetize that and do it mm-hmm. and not just sit back and just be like, Oh, uh, you know, there's money in this job. This is what I'm going to do and find out 20 years later, like how miserable they are. Or, you know, I just want them to f- find what it is and do it. And if, if they're okay with not making a ton of money and what they're doing isn't going to make them a ton of money, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be ha- way happier without money doing something you love every single day. And they all have that thing. And they're three separate, completely different things. I just want them to go do that and hopefully be successful in doing those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. I Like, I didn't think about that when when I was a kid, when I was in high school, when I was did college, dropped out six months of college you know like i did i was so lost i didn't know what i was doing i didn't think about that thing luckily thank god for me i did have a business to fall back on and i do love what i do so luckily i have that but i really want them to be have passion about what they're doing mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's so important mm-hmm. yeah what about you what, do, am i supposed to keep going yeah, or are we going go ahead, for keep one going. i want them to really experience life before it's too late I, I'm really okay with taking, you know, a year off after high school, a year off after college, a year off after whatever. And just, do they want to go to Australia? Do they want to go live in Paris? Do they want to go learn things about the world that you can't learn in school? 
And I think that's really important. And you're going to get so much out of life other than just learning too by living in a foreign country or even another state. Who cares? Go to fucking Arizona. Go to, you know, whatever. If there's something there that you love about it, go do it. And then come back, realize who you want to be, what you want to be, and then learn those if it's college, if it's vocational, if it's whatever, if it's experience. Listen, you know, we didn't do those things, but we're doing them now, and that's okay too. But I think there's a lot to be said for doing them when you're young. Well, you did. You went to Mexico for a year, right? Not a year, for a couple months. Right. Okay, so I didn't do that. But (laughs) I just think that's such an important thing that can change your life in such a positive way. I, I hope they do though, you know, uh, uh, do those things or do that or, yeah, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Okay. Um, do I have anything else? Um. Okay, this is a little sappy, and I don't, I don't even really want to use these words, but I really, I, I really hope they find someone who will uh, complete them. <laughs> <laughs> Like hey Jerry Maguire. I know I don't want to say it. It's <laughs> awful, but it's so true. I feel that way about us. Like you and I, like you, you and can I only complete yourself. I, <laughs> I do many nights. But, <laughs> but but you and I are so similar, but we're so different. I'm missing, you know, emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and you're missing like reason and you, logic i was just gonna say you were born without a heart yes you were born without a born brain <laughs> <laughs> we're like the wizard of oz of marriage. i was going to say a little part of my brain <laughs> you just went for the whole brain okay so you make up for my emotional lack thereof i make up for your reasoning and um but you know what i'm saying yeah you know like we're, we're we we're missing things in us that we fill for each other but like we fill the gaps of, oh god i don't want to say that <laughs> fill the gaps this is awful i don't want to <laughs> say these things but we do and it's so god awful to say it but we do uh-huh. and i hope that our children find that too right yeah right okay that was nice right so nice Wasn't that sweet that in was, a way? now i want to watch jerry Maguire in a weird roundabout way that was very romantic of me it, well okay <laughs> i guess <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I said, it, look, it's so hard for me because first of all, I could go the whole social justice route and all the things that I want them to know about, you know, le- being open to everything and helping and, you know, the anti-racism and the, you know, the, be an ally with, for LGBTQ and all that stuff, I, you know, but right. I, 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 it would take me all day. Mm-hmm. The other part that's so hard for me is that for me, if you know me, if you follow me on Instagram, you follow my stories, or if you know me Wait. in real, real life. You have to cut you off. Why? Don't lose your thought. Why? We have to take a break now. Oh, my God. That's a nice little like teaser. I was just uh, getting into I it. I know. I'm so sorry. Okay. But we do. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com All right, I'm sorry. I apologize for cutting you off, but please continue. I was going to say, it's hard. If you know me, you know, like, I can't pick one thing or three things because with my, with life and with my kids, I feel like every moment is a teachable fucking moment. Like, there's never a time when I'm not like, you see kids? Like, no matter what we're doing, like, we could go into Starbucks and the barista gets our order wrong and I'm like, just let it be. You don't know what that person's going through. You know, maybe their (laughs) dog died this morning. And Ian's like, dude, mom, I just, like, want some more vanilla syrup. Like, it'll be okay. (laughs) You know, like, every, I feel like every second, and the kids get so annoyed, but I am. I feel like every moment is like, how can I make this into a teachable moment that is going to change their mm-hmm. lives forever? Um, but I think, first of all, something I think that that quarantine and that the pandemic has even made more evident is that, you know, y- y- time is so fucking precious and we want to spend it with people 
who really move us and we're passionate about. And, you know, during this pandemic, you and I have spoken before about like, like with the bar mitzvah and stuff that some of, some people came up to us and they were like, dude, where was so-and-so or where was so-and-so? And we were kind of like, you know, we haven't really spoken to them like since the beginning of the pandemic. Like we just haven't, you know, when you, when you, when you put it all together and you realize who really makes a difference in your life and who you really want to spend your time with and stuff. I feel like recently we've realized that. And so I want my kids to really find their people and the ones who really understand you. And, you know, and one thing is like there, you don't need a lot of relationships in your life, but you do need relationships in your life. I just did an episode on this without you with a relationship expert you do need relationships in your life that aren't romantic. It's very important. And they say that the people who are the happiest are people who have at least three non-romantic, really solid, important relationships in their life. Oh, that- wait a minute. I don't have a lot of friends. So, you know, I've been talking to some guys. I'm trying to like make, possibly make some new friends. So I should keep romance out of it and just kind of yes. make it a bro thing. Make it a bro thing. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure I just didn't know where you were going with that. No, I'm just saying that, you know, I we, I spoke to this in, about this in an episode that you really need other. You can't just rely on your partner for everything. You need those other relationships. The second thing I said was is pretty easy that you know you and I have come to learn in the past five years, really a lot, probably really just the last year or two years. Experiences, not possessions. That right. it's all about experiences mm-hmm. that, um, again, people who are happiest, it seems, you know, spend their money and their time not on possessions, but on experiences. And, um, you know, I hope that they'll that they'll right. all realize but that. But listen, if you can afford both. Great. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. That's OK, too. Definitely. Yeah. And maybe you're happier with possession. You know, listen, right. whatever floats your boat. Exactly. But I certainly think a good place to start is with experience experiences um and you and i think also that never stop having fun ever um you know i'm 40 almost 44 i still have that part of me i know you still have that part of you and it's important you just you always have to make time for fun um and that you don't have to stop living and having fun just because you have kids or just because you have a job or you know you can do both what are you worried our kids don't understand about the world at their age as teenagers that we definitely had a better understanding of or handle on when we were teenagers? I mean, that's kind of easy for me to say, and I hate going back to the finance thing as I always do, but technology is making things so easy now. It makes you forget kind of how much you're spending on like stupid everyday things. Like perfect example, when, when our kids want something to eat, Right, they go on DoorDash, and they order Popeye's chicken for ten dollars, and they pay five dollars convenience fee, five dollars delivery fee, fifteen dollar tip, you know, five dollars here, five like, and they end up spending fifty dollars on ten dollars worth of Popeye's chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were kids, I would ride my bike to Seven Eleven, get a hot dog or a Slurpee from you know. And be done with it. Like, and it cost me $3 and I was done and I was out of there. Like technology just makes things so easy to be lazy and to be convenient and to be, and at the same time, you're spending so much more money on something that could cost you so much less. And I think there's a lot of other examples too that I don't even want to get into or think about, but, and I know our kids don't have that same situation as there's nowhere to ride their bikes around here to go to some place and get there. I get it. But it's just an example of what I was saying. Technology is making things way too easy to s- just spend way too much money. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. So that was just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, listen, I, I, I said fucking everything. Like, What do you mean? Like, there's just so much, I feel like, that that they don't understand. And, 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 and the two things that stick out in my mind so much are resiliency and independence. And on the mm-hmm. one hand, I say to myself, look, they, they, they live, they're living through a pandemic, right? So they, they didn't get to see their friends for months and months, and they had to do school from home. And there are certain ways that I realize, obviously, they're adaptable and they're, they're resilient in certain ways. Um, but then there are other ways that I'm like, oh, oh, sometimes I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God, like, 
for instance, Ian had to start a, a new medication that he'd never taken before. And he's at school in the middle of the day. It's like 1130, um, you know, in the morning. And he texts me and he goes, Mom, my arms feel heavy. What? Yeah, his arms felt heavy. Like they just, you know, they just. It, I don't from know. his medication? He thought yeah. it was from his right. medication or whatever. And I was like. So don't fucking lift them. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Your arm, you know, if he had said like, I, I have a splitting headache and whatever, but this is, this is just, I, I said to my friends, I'm like, am I being a bitch that like, I don't think he should be texting me at 1130 AM being like, you know, and it's not just that if he had a paper cut, he would text me. If he, you oh, know, paper cuts suck. if he spilled some water on himself and was uncomfortable, like, <laughs> and I said right. that to my friend and they're like, oh no, 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 no. We totally know what you're talking about. So I, I don't think it's just me. I think it's like technology has made it that at any second you can, you know, you want to share with everybody like what you're going through mm-hmm. and what, you know, and, and again, I don't want to be a bitch. Like if it was really hurt, I want to help him. But something like that is just an all day occurrence with him. Like I could never call my mom and be like, my arms feel heavy. <laughs> she would right. have flipped her shit. I mean, especially if like Donahue or Oprah was on well, and maybe I just called hung them. up on you and be done with it. I just, I mean, first of all, I would have had the same kind of thing. I would have go to the payphone, put in money, you know, she probably wouldn't have answered or would have been call waiting or whatever, or she wouldn't have gotten to the phone in time. Or there were just so many steps that I would have been like, all right, I guess I'll just deal with my arms feeling heavy because I don't feel like (laughs) going to the payphone and calling her right now. But again, it's that instantaneous, all I have to do is text her. Oh yeah. For three seconds, my arms just felt heavy. Let me call my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I can do it in two seconds. Right. Yeah. And of course, listen, I don't want him to suffer and I don't want him He's to. He's not suffering. I know. That's the thing. That's the thing. But I do say that to myself about a lot. Like sometimes Mia will text me in the middle of the day and sometimes she needs to. And sometimes she'll be like, oh, this teacher just sprung a quiz on us. <laughs> and I'm like, you could have told me that at 315. There's literally nothing I can do for you right, right now. Or, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Take the quiz. It's life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I can't even imagine having called my mom or text, you know, I couldn't text back then, but I just, stuff like that where I just had to, like, figure it out. You know, I just had to figure it out. But it's like the instantaneousness of, oh, I can get a reaction right now from it and I can have somebody else be pissed with me or, you know, get like, it's that whole kind of like, are they going to be able to get out there and just be like, you know, and just do things without it having to be, you know, an Instagram post or a text or a, you know, like it yeah. just is a different, I don't know. Am I coming off like a raving bitch? No, not at all. Okay. It's, it's completely relatable. Yeah. And listen, I would tell you if I thought you were wrong. Right. <laughs> and I did say to a bunch of my friends, because before I was going to talk about this, I was sort of like, I don't know, am I going to come across? They're like, listen, I know exactly what you're saying because I deal with it too. So, okay. Yeah. All right. There was another question that you asked me, which I really liked, and I was doing my research, and I really wanted to answer. And I think we only have time for one more. Okay. So this we'll save the rest and do part three. But I, I, I wanted to add this one into this episode. And you asked me if we were to make a playlist of songs to accurately describe the tone, mood, and the accuracy of the teenage human experience, what would the first five songs be? Yeah. Did you do these? I did. I did three songs um, because I, again, um, we lost power. Right. I'm just going to use that. I actually just didn't finish, but I'm going to use But I love this. It took me back to my high school days. Oh, yay. I did good. So number one, obviously, is Welcome to the Jungle, Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, of course. Um, Wait, so, so what, yeah, are you going to tell us what about Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah, of was? course. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so sex, drugs, and rock and roll was a nihilistic way of life. A jungle, a place that offered fame and money, but also addiction and poverty to those who didn't make it musically. That was a quote from Axl Rose, which, you know, just means it's a fucking jungle out there. You're not everybody's going to make it. And if you don't, it might be really bad. But for those who do make it, it's going to be fucking amazing. You mean being a Possibly. teenager? Yeah, so being, you know, I related this to being a teenager and not just being a musician where, listen, life is fucking hard. Some of you are going to make it and some of you are not. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yikes. Yeah. 
That's depressing. <laughs> Listen, teenagers are depressing. <laughs> I know. It's so true. But it's true. I mean, that's just fucking life, right? Oh, yeah. I want them all to make it. But I went from there to, it's, this is not positive, but it's more uplifting than I think Welcome to the Jungle was. I mean, I would, I, <laughs> what isn't? <laughs> Smells like Teen Spirit. I Nirvana. did that too. Of course High you five. did. Who wouldn't do that? Right. Okay. I, so what did you say about it? I want to compare our answers. My answer to that one was just, it's just a song about teenage freedom and revolution against the norm. That's plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Like it's just being a standout teen and not conforming to what's normal. Well, it actually is named after the deodorant. Yes, I do know that. Okay. And yeah, I did smell like teen spirit. Also, just from the standpoint of teenagers are fucking gross. Right. Right? Like, Um, I don't know. I think Ian tries. No, no, no. I'm not even talking about body stuff. Like Mia has a fantastic hygiene and she, I mean, I'm not even talking about that. She actually brushes her teeth twice a day. Have you ever (laughs) looked at the fucking cups and dishes in their rooms? Or the basement where he plays video yes. games. And the mold that is growing <laughs> in the... I mean, it is repulsive. Like, they just do... Uh, I mean... Wait, it, what does this have to do with Smells Like Teen Spirit? It just... Just the growth... Like, tells him Smells Like Teen Spirit is like, you know... Like... It's, oh, like it smells like a teen. Yeah, like a spirit. teenager, whatever. <laughs> and yes, yeah, sometimes also I have to be, you know, with our 13-year-old, I have to be like, dude, it's time to shower or, you know, whatever. But also just the like, I know if you have teenagers, you have carried cups and plates mm-hmm. and, you know, crusty, dry pizza bagels or whatever out of their room before. I think, yeah, I think our youngest, I think Jonas is the worst at this. When I go into his room, yeah. I mean, there are plates of food from yeah. days ago. Yeah. Right. I almost want to like plant a rat or something just so that they like think. <laughs> when like- I go to his room, it smells like McDonald's in his room constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't go there for three days, but right. it smells like McDonald's. Right. Right. Because it's still in his room. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Oh, and Rolling Stone put uh, t- Smells Like Teen Spirit, the magazine Rolling Stone. Put that as the number nine best song of all time. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Um, also, Jeremy, Pearl Jam. Oh. oh yeah, this is a so tough one. so many depressing ones. But they're teenagers. Teenagers are depressing. Okay. I mean, this is a hard one. I mean, you know, it's a, it, it's a song about a boy who kills himself, but it's all about revenge against the kids that were tormenting him. So he, like, literally killed himself to be like, fuck you. I'm not taking your shit Ooh. anymore. I don't know. Is this too? No, I mean, listen. This is it's it's this is hard stuff. But that that's why they did this song. Ooh. This is hard shit, you know. Right. Mm. But you have to. I mean, this is what we're talking about. Where we're learning. Where you know, back when was this album released? Nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. Like one. we didn't have the resources that we have today. Mm. Like, not to say our kids in any way were to this degree, but you know, we can we can see what they're going through and help them. Unlike you could in 1992, I think, mm-hmm. right? No, I think it's still hard to help and to, I think it's just hard. It's yeah. hard sometimes. You just don't know what's going on in their minds. It's so hard. All right, but we'll move on because that's too depressing. Well, yeah, and mine is like, I did schools out for summer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, which is in our, tr- it's a tradition that every year, the last day yep. of school, I blast it through the house and the kids, you know, I think they secretly love it, but you know, just like, it's just a fun, like school, you know, that's what you wait for all year as a teenager. And you know, it's mm-hmm. all about summer. It's all about winter break, spring break. You're just living for those times. You picture like at the end of Greece when they all leave school for, right. the, for, the, for the summer. Yeah. The one that I want. <laughs> like that, having that party. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you don't watch um, Colbert, right? The latest show. He does this thing with celebrities where they just, he wants to know about them and he asks them personal questions. And one of them is, you're stranded on a desert island. What's the one song you can bring with you? Right. So I always thought about that. Like, what's the one song I would, I could listen to for the rest of my life? Like, what's the, what's the best? Like, to me, so, and I was trying to think of what that would be and how can I relate it to this. So I picked Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Can you sing a little bit of that? No. I can, I can do this. Dun-dun-dun. 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 I can't even think of the lyrics. 
Oh, the lyrics are just oh, let what makes the sun it, yes. beat down upon my face. I didn't want to sing, but my sing my my well, of musical. Not, because yeah. you're gonna try to <laughs> compete with me. Don't you don't you remember the lyrics from um? Oh, which movie was it with Matt Damon? Uh, I think it was Ocean's one of them. And and Matt Damon used the lyrics of Cashmere to try to like communicate with some big boss or something. Okay, you don't remember this? No, no. All right, doesn't matter. But yeah, famous completely famous lyrics ever but the song was just about um it's all about the road journey itself not about a specific geographical location like i was trying to relate this to what we're talking about and it's just it's all about the experience it's all about the road to get where you're going to Mm -hmm. like what you're going through on the road to get to where you want to be and i loved that Mm -hmm. like it's so simplistic and so like easy to understand, like mm-hmm. wherever you want it, like I want my kids to know wherever you want to end up, enjoy the process getting there. Enjoy the road it's going to take you to get there and experience life while you're trying to do it is how I related to this. Hmm. Did Besi- you ever read Kerouac? Yeah, uh, shh, no. Okay. You should. Listen, I read three books. You know, the three books that I read. <laughs> right, exactly. No, I did not ever read Okay. It. Do you have any more? I have one more if you have. I did No Scrubs by TLC. Just because. Sing it? Because I don't know it. No Scrubs. Yes. Got it. Okay. A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly. You know what I'm saying? I did it, first of all, it just reminds me of my teenage years. And second of all, like, you spend your entire teenage life, I mean, especially as a girl, trying to figure out, you know, like, is this guy an asshole? Is this guy a good guy? Is he a good person? You know, like, is he just using me? Is mm-hmm. he, you know, is this, a, a, and a lot of times you date people who aren't worthy of your time, who aren't, you know, and you're learning, right? And you look back. I mean, I look back at some of my high school relationships, especially this one guy who went to Hun and he was like a total, <laughs> total douche. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, you look back on your relationships in high school and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, why did I let that person treat me like that? Or like even for friendships and everything. Right. You're you're really trying to figure out, you know, you look like you look back now and you're like, thank God. I at one point hopefully figured out my worth and that I, you know, wasn't just letting people like dick me around. But um, but I think a lot of us go through that. I'm sure guys too, cause girls can be, you know, the same way, but I don't know. I look back and I'm like, why are these amazing girls dating me? Like, really? <laughs> why are they hooking up with me? Yeah. I, I mean, I had, I mean, I'm I not going to say like, that I had all bad experiences, but I certainly had experiences when I look back and I'm like, why, did, <coughs> what, what was I thinking? You know, what's so funny. That reminds me of a story. I think I may have mentioned this on like an old episode that we did maybe three years ago, but it just reminded me of being at high school and there's this one girl, she was so pretty and so tall. Like she looked like a, you know, she looked like a Cindy Crawford. Well, like she was, so yeah, no, yeah, no, that was before you, even um, though I, I, I can't think of I mean, I've been to, compared to Cindy Crawford so many times. <laughs> like she, she was probably five ten, five, you know, five eleven. you know, mm. I'm five eight, you know, like it was a total mismatch, whatever. But she was like into me for a day, which I was fine with. You know, that, that works. <laughs> <laughs> but we happened to be out in the yard and we're like just hanging out. And I, all right, listen, I happened to be standing on this concrete ledge or whatever on, next to the grass. And she was standing on the grass. And the ledge was, you know, two inches taller than the grass. And we just started kissing. And somebody was like, what? like pointing and laughing like look at him standing on a ledge kissing this 510 girl you know and i'm like fuck you look how hot she is i don't give a (laughs) shit (laughs) did she stop kissing you no it was great Uh, that that, that was that was like a four-hour relationship it was wonderful i I thoroughly enjoyed it right oh my god that's so funny (laughs) wait where were we how did we get into this Uh, all right my last song okay i chose basket case I just threw out for Ian for Green Day. Oh, that was so nice. A song about anxiety attacks and a feeling that you are going crazy. And also, I mean, it's pretty much a stereotype. The whole connection with paranoia and it's about smoking pot and smoking pot, you know, makes some people paranoid, whatever. But the whole thing is just about being a fucking teen and being anxious and feeling like you're going crazy. And that's it. 
that you know nothing no in depth just just being a teen and being anxious and crazy and smoking weed and being paranoid and that's it Mm. but that's totally relatable from what i can remember as being a teen Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. well i just want to end this by saying uh, first of all, to all of you out there, no matter what, if you are teen parents or, you know, have teenagers in your life who you are somewhat, um, you know, involved with, like helping to raise them or just, uh, you know, a role model for them or whatever. Like, I just am sending so much support and so much love because it is hard. It is fucking hard. And I know everybody's doing their best. And, you know, a lot of it is is you just don't know what the fuck is actually going on in their minds. And, you know, you look back at 2020 hindsight and like I said about Mia and everything, like I, of course there's part of me that's like, Oh my God, I, I just, I, I wish, I wish I, I, I had done it earlier and sooner. And how could I have not seen it and this and that. And, but you know, I want to also say to people like uh, everything we're doing is, is from a good place and we're doing our best. And so, you know, I, 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 I feel for everybody for everything that, that you're going through right now or whatever you're worried about having teenagers down the line and everything. It's hard. Um, it's beautiful and wonderful and heartbreaking and, you know, messy and chaotic and all of, all of it. It's just all of it, but it's all worth it, right? It is all worth it. Yeah, It is all worth that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard, yeah. but it's worth it. Um, yeah. And, um, I guess that's I think it. that's it. I, I mean, that's it for now. I think we do have to do part three. I you sent me more questions. Okay, sure. I answered more questions. I'm also interested if um, I don't know for people who have had the date night question book and you know it's doing really really phenomenally well. We get such amazing feedback. I have thought about doing a parenting version. You know that would have a, mm. you know have these kinds of questions. Okay. Um, you know that you can either just sit and and think about yourself. Uh, talk about with your teen or do with your partner or all of the above. Um, if that is something that interests people, please reach out and let me know because I, I really do think I want to do that. I feel like okay. it would be, especially after going through everything this past year, I think, um, I think it would be great. All right. I like it. All right. Please go rate and review if you haven't already. Um, I know a lot of people like listen to me say that and are like, yeah, but please, if you could and you're enjoying it, that'd be awesome. All right. Cool. All right, have a great week, everyone, and we will see you back next week. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Love Bye. you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com